We're here in the Festival Gallery, surrounded by the awe-inspiring and dramatic work of the Brazilian sculptor Ana Maria Pacheco. The exhibition is called Remember and is very much the centrepiece of the visual arts offering at this year's Galway International Arts Festival. Uh, we will be taking a tour of that show, by the way, with Ana Maria Pacheco on tomorrow night's programme. But with me now, sitting in front of me here in the Festival Gallery, a trio of artistic collaborators, having worked together on Mr. Man, playwright and director Enda Walsh and composer Donica Dennehy, embarked on a trilogy of operas. They started with The Last Hotel, followed that with The Second Violinist, and now they're back with the third in the trilogy, The First Child. Also with us is the artistic director of the Galway International Arts Festival, Paul Fahey, who once again with Enda Walsh has been working on a number of art installations in the setting of a room. They have shared various rooms with us in past festivals, a kitchen, a hotel room, a girl's bedroom, a bathroom, an office, a waiting room and a changing room. The most recent piece is called The Middle Bedroom. Delighted to have Enda Donacha and Paul with me on Arena uh, from Galway. Enda, yeah. um, we spoke oh, yeah. this time last year, in yeah. fact, and you were just heading into rehearsals, if I remember That's right. right. I was raggedy, I think. <laughs> I was sort of barely standing up. Right. You, you, yeah, you, you, you were starting on the first child yeah. at that time. Now, it has been realised. It was there mm -hmm. as part of the Dublin Theatre Festival last autumn. Just give us the... It's a kind of a suburban tale, really, or a suburban setting at any rate. Yeah, we took the sort of lead from... Our first one was uh, The Last Hotel and then The Second Violinist, and when we made The Last Hotel we thought, well, let's do another one. And as we were doing the other one, I think it sort of morphed into a trilogy, didn't it, Donica? But the starting point for us were two Dubliners and of a sort of similar age. And we t the last hotel started at that. Is it, it, that has a sort of suburbanness to it, a banality to it, an ordinariness to it. And yet it sort of it morphs into this real, you know, darkness. This um, uh, So incrementally, they've got like, I think, more banal and more dark <laughs> and, and we've, we've ended up in this with this one where it's actually it becomes quite mythic and huge yeah. um, and that's, that's, an, that's an interesting now kind of track that Enda gives us there because you know if you hear suburban and opera in the same uh, sentence you kind of think do they actually go together isn't opera huge and melodramatic and isn't suburban drab and dull and banal Donica. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that question. Not at all. Um, yeah, um, that's the tension at all of them, because um, even when I'm writing them, when Enda sends me the script, like I'm looking for the the real drama and mythic in it right from the start, and there's this tension mm. sometimes between the music and the words, and then they kind of meet like halfway through, and it sort of explodes, uh, and. That actually has been a fascinating friction at the heart of all three operas. And I even, e each time I'm writing this, I go, Jesus, what am I going to do with this bit? <laughs> and like, this later bit, yes, but here. And, and like, I, I, I love Enda, uh, but I'd curse him for a little, like a few days, and then I'd find a way. I know what he's, mm. he's playing with me all the time. As, to be honest, I'm playing with him as yeah. well. And, um, and there is that kind of, um, it gives this tension that doesn't ordinarily exist in opera. Uh, and, it, 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 and that's actually what I find really fascinating about it. You know, yesterday in rehearsal, Neve, who plays the character of Alva in The First Child, was singing. Maybe just ex give us a, a, an explanation of who Alva is in as much as you can say where it all fits well, together. Alva is the, the mother 
mm. and uh, uh, of of this young child and and um, she's quite successful in the wellness industry she looks like she has everything together but she might have some sort of past let's say and um, and a future of course uh, but uh, but she sings this bit where she talks about her obsession as a teenager with this other character and she sings the small dramas of suburban life and I, uh, this line that Anna has and I think oh that's what they are it's these what you think are small dramas but in there is this volatile mix, you know. I guess that's there in, in, in the writing of any play, uh, uh-huh. and uh, this idea that, I, mean, I remember often thinking growing up, how come my mother can say, put that cup down, and it, had, it means about three million other things <laughs> other than put that cup down. <laughs> um, I, I suppose that's what you're looking for, isn't it? How what's seemingly banal and suburban is in fact way more dramatic than we you're, think. You're sort of, I mean, all drama is about sort of like, denying information or denying sort of uh, emotion or, you know, entertainment mm. <laughs> and then giving it at a particular sort of time. And the thing about opera is that it sets up, because of the sort of collective si- the size of it and also the collective focus of a band at it and sort of singers at it, there's a real, and his extraordinary music, there's an extraordinary tension to, although the singers aren't sort of, you know, singing about baby carriers and, you know, like, and, and the weight of a baby in a baby carrier and whether it was going to fall out and topple on the ground. I mean, that's, that's not, and yet the music adds this ridiculous tension. So, I mean, it's, it's all my, I think my job is a provocation to Donica. And then when Donica sort of like gives me the music back, then it's a provocation to me as a director of like, oh, well, how the hell am I going to stage this? So is, that's how it works. It is a back and forth, it isn't it? Yeah. Here is the text, go off and compose some music, Mr. Composer Bowie. Well, we always discuss what the premise of each opera mm. will be. And then we're, we're really efficient, which is something I really love. He then goes away. He, Andy usually sends me a few pages of what he thinks the script will be. He says, what do you think of this? And then we, we, we chat about it. And then he goes away and writes it. And then I go away. He probably forgets about it then because it takes me so long. Like a year <laughs> later, come back with the music or even a bit longer. And then he deals it. And there's an awful lot that's left unsaid between us. Yeah. But we're... We know what each other are thinking, or, or, or yeah. at least they're playing with it, and it is, is really interesting. Also, I want to say something about banality. I hope this doesn't come across as too banal. Uh, is that um, there's no throwaway banal line in Enda, any of Enda's writing. Something you think is a banal thing has this kind of germ of something that happens later. Uh-huh. It's just mm. in that, but it's put in this, it's shrouded in this clothing earlier on. It's, it's really fascinating. I love that. Yeah, that and then, I mean, it's not as if you're a stranger to music. I think music has always been very important to you. David Bowie and Lazarus famously uh-huh. comes to mind, once comes uh-huh. to mind as, as, as well. Is working on opera, is, is that a very different realm from, I suppose, the more popular idea of somebody like Bowie or somebody like the music in once? I don't think it is that sort of different. I mean, it's still about, like, you know, telling a story and when you're going to actually tell the audience sort of something and when you're not going to tell them and the tension of that. It's, it seems the same, but to me, I mean, the, the actual... The, it's been an extraordinary sort of collaboration with these three, and I think we've, he's really sort of pushed my playwriting sort of when I go down sort of sort of play I, I think he's affected it by our by the mm. way that we've gone at these sort of three works uh, in what way I'm not too sure yet but I can feel that you know 
something you has know, happened. No, it seems to be yeah, being sort of stretched in a different way. Paul Fahey um, is also with us here at the table in the Festival Gallery. Um, Paul, as the artistic director of, of the Galway International Arts Festival, you have worked with and a, a number of rooms. Are we on number what? Are We're on number nine. Number nine. I thought it was number nine. All right, the middle room. Now, explain. We've got a sense of the nature of the collaboration between Enda and Donica. Explain the collaboration between yourself and Enda. Well, first of all, just to add in terms of, in terms of the opera, sometimes the word banal can be awful. The banal, there's never anything banal in anything that Enda writes. The, it's, it, um, but the opera, I think, is one of the most spectacular things I've seen in, in a number of years. And audiences who've never tried that, that art form, I think this absolutely is the production for them to see. It's... Mm incredible to look at where it just came from the Bailey Allen Hall and the university where the show is going to be performed next week and it's quite breathtaking to go into the, just the scale of the seating bank and the view of what the set looks like which is incredible and the visuals by Jack Phelan on this mm -hmm. like massive screen and also then the acoustic in there is incredible so it, it, yeah, it is, it is, it's breathtaking taking the show it really is and and you know um yeah so i'll say no more it's breathtaking but, but do tell yeah. me a little bit about the middle room and, yeah, and the, the, middle <laughs> room, the, collaboration. The, the ninth one and and and, and actually this one actually ended sent me the sent me the script sometimes we're back and forth like what mm. donick is kind of saying but this one actually pretty much arrived fairly fully formed i think didn't it yeah um and it's a great story about this this man richard who's um probably in his mid middle to late 40s who uh who's the only voice that we hear but he, he cares for his father He's very likable, uh, he's very funny, but again, there's like layers and layers that are being excavated as there, as there always are. Um, and, um, and, so, and then so as, as he's kind of telling us the story of this, this house where he lives, which is kind of like a, you know, like not a particularly nice house, there's a spare bedroom, the middle bedroom, it's kind of the, 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 kind of the, the messy bedroom. Um, they're kind of, we think newish to, the, to, to, to that neighborhood. Um, and then there's a fantastic kind of twist to it at the end. But visually, um, it's, again, it's quite chaotic. You, yeah. you, you, you walk in and it's, it's like stuff has just been kind of thrown in there, like probably a room we all have in our house, you know, the one that nobody sort of sleeps in. Um, but, it, but, but what it does though is, it, is it, it tells you an awful lot about what actually kind of goes on inside this guy's head. Um, the, There's the, a lot the of recording machines, the chaos of the chaos of his life. I don't know. Do you want to <laughs> add anything to, to that end? No, I mean they're just they're incredibly they're, they're amazing things to do and, and, and to do over sort of like nine years. But I think it's it was as a boy when I started writing when I was about like fourteen or fifteen. I always thought well actually sort of like writing was about meeting strangers and this is a real sort of distillation of that of just mm. having that one to one contact with someone. How many how many people go into the room at a time? Four or five, I think. Yeah, yeah so small yeah. numbers, uh, yeah. and that's part of the excitement of it. Sure. Yeah. Let's have a listen to a clip which features, uh, which is from the middle room. It features Rory Nolan as the, he's the kind of playing the, the or giving us the voice of the main character. Uh, and be warned, a little bit of uh, strong language towards the end of this clip. It's quiet outside, finally. Millie is asleep and purring on my lap. Devotion bought with another fish finger. Bedroom lights extinguish all life inside those houses. I turn off mine too and pull up the blinds as I do nightly and stand by the window like an overweight Caesar holding a cat. The cul-de-sac looks like it's been painted. Amber lights flatten small houses. Gardens feel like they've been rolled out like disappointing rugs. The detail and noise of all those people in their homes, in their beds, my neighbours. 
they're fucking dead to me. And you always convince me to stay. And, and I, I wonder, wonder why, why we hold on with tears in our eyes. And I wonder and why, Millie, we have to break down to make things all right. There we go, that's Rory Nolan. And Curtis Steiger uh, in a little yeah. clip there from the middle room. I warned about the language, I didn't warn about Curtis Steiger. Whose Sorry idea, that. That whose idea was that? <laughs> <laughs> whose idea was that, And uh, It was mine, I mean, it came out, I want to, it's, it's sort of set in a specific time when Agassi is winning the sort of the final, whenever that was in the 90s, and mm. Curtis Steiger just happened to be sort of in the charts. And it's a cracking, cracking song. And you know I love a good crap song. <laughs> <laughs> An overweight size Caesar holding a cat is my favourite line from, from that. Is he a little bit pompous, this gentleman? Ridiculously sort of pompous, sort of Falstaffian, sort of like in a, in a council house. And Which is I, a role I think Rory has played, hasn't he? I he think? has, yeah. and I love his voice. I've always loved Rory's voice, and that's a sort of, you know, it's always a... A real, you know, it's a great thing to write for. For you, Paul, this collaboration, obviously as the artistic director of the Galway International Arts Festival this year, you must be so delighted that you can actually have people in places, in venues, all of that. But that must have made the planning rather difficult because when, when did you even know that that could happen and how far ahead do you usually have to be? Yeah, well, like normally you're planning, you know, a year or two ahead for, for, mm. for festivals. Um, but a lot happens in short, short periods of time. And, but, there's, you know, August generally after the festival... In July is kind of a sort of a you know a lull where you can kind of at least draw draw a breath and then you have 11 more months before things happen but because the festival happened in September last year there was this kind of false sense of kind of oh we're fine in October and then you realized oh my god it's it's like seven months away or whatever yeah. and then but then obviously we you know there was there was the the uh, Christmas had the, the lockdown and the pandemic was kind of ongoing or whatever so you know we didn't really know in January what, January what was going to happen in July mm-hmm. but so there were there were some things like you know we'd been dealing with Steppenwolf we'd been dealing with um we were to, to present the, the, the first child last year as well. So there, you know, there were things that were kind of there that we needed yeah. to, to uh, just to, to lock down new dates for. Um, and indeed, it, we'll be talking to members of Steppenwolf later in the programme. Excellent, yeah. But, uh, but what's been fantastic is having audiences, you know, back like the gallery's been yeah. busy since we opened where we are now. And just that sense of people just dying to kind of roll their sleeves up and get stuck in. Is the, if doing the room projects with Enda, is that kind of, it's like getting away from the office for a little bit of time. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, like, it's great just to kind of turn off the phone and get in there and you're down on your hands and knees and the, you know, they're, they're, they're created very much like as art pieces as opposed to kind of like, you know, sharp design where somebody comes in and, and you arrive in and it's kind of built for you. So yeah. you're there um, making it look the way we want it to look. So. Donica, I couldn't help but notice when Anna Malarkey was playing that you were glued to the keyboard that she was playing. Sense. He, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This, this is your background, of course, in, in, in yeah. electronic music. Was, yeah. your, was your inner nerd jumping up and down with sheer delight and working out what was going on or what no, was happening? No, actually, I, I, I actually just thought it was all very beautiful. And I was looking at the sine waves versus sawtooth waves a little bit. Ah, I was <laughs> wondering But... Um, yeah, no, I was, I was really, I thought that was a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, one of your former students, Emer Noon, is going to be with us later. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can take much credit for Emer. I think I, I talked for you all a big... about of a year, but I, she is such a force. That's yeah. amazing. In fact, we were just uh, texting each other the other day. I was in Dallas, and we were sharing stories about Dallas. So, uh, <laughs> 
and um, yeah, she's. A, and you're not telling me she's what a real stories about. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is a real force. I'm looking yeah. forward to speaking to her. So, um, does this occupy the the, the 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 mind really for the next? Yeah. Did yeah. it change much, by the way? I meant to ask you that. I think so. I think you saw when you when you made it for the Dublin Theatre Festival last year. And it's always a shock to make it work, but it's it's, it's fantastic to so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be stronger and, and 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 better is my feeling. I think the oh, yeah. the singers sound incredible. It's already the first rehearsal was already at a higher place than yeah the one we left oh, off yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I mean in a play you might rewrite a line here and there. Can you do that in an opera? It's much more set in terms of all the elements. Well, you've come together, you, Donovan. You can. I I mean I'm. Right till we opened in Dublin, I was making changes to the orchestration and cut and things. I mean, yeah. I remember even the very fine. So you do, yeah. And you never know when we're doing the things. I'm like, oh, yeah, we have to change that bit here. Or, but yeah, so you still. Yeah. yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the way it should be because yeah. you can do that in a collaboration. You can yeah. make, it, make yeah. it work. And you are, you are the director as well. And so yeah. you, can, you can say yes. You yeah, as long as the creators are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you will be before the hopefully. opera starts this later this week. All right, listen, great to speak to all yeah, three you of you. Too. The First Child, composed by Donica Dennehy, written and directed by Anda Walsh is at the Bailey Allen Hall in NUIG as part of the Galway International Arts Festival. The Middle Room is at the Columban Hall on the Sea Road in Galway. Festival, uh, the, the opera, it, July the 18th to the 23rd at 7pm and then on Sunday the 24th at 6pm, no shows on the 19th or 22nd. Sorry? And then touring. The, the and then touring, yeah. yes. Yeah. So the Irish National Opera, go to their website, you'll get, get all of the details. In the collaboration tour. with Landmark. In collaboration yeah. with Landmark. Oh, you've made everybody happy now. <laughs> can, I, can I give out the Galway International Arts Festival I website, Paul? Yeah? Yes. <laughs> I think it's at GIAF.ie. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you. Now everybody is happy. We'll be back with more from the Galway International Arts Festival after this break.